Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition with myself, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. How are you this week, buddy? I am fantastic, Gary. How are you? I'm excellent. Enjoying the absolutely fine weather. This is positively delightful, Gary. It's beautiful. Some of you might be able to see my lovely, my lovely sun outfit. Enjoying the sun. Paddy's wearing a tap-out t-shirt because he just started the gym. And he decided to get some gym clothes. Because I'm a fucking savage. <laughs> really? So, I've actually had this top since I was about 16, but anyway. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so today, what we're going to discuss is is a question that we that we have received, and I know I've received multiple times from my own clients, um, off the back of you know, a conversation that we had with Mr. Alan Flanagan a few weeks ago. So you know, a few weeks ago, we had Alan on the podcast to discuss the topic of chrononutrition and there were a number of conclusions from that podcast and from the kind of research on chrononutrition in general that can lead people to think oh no I can't eat at night you know that kind of would corroborate some of the the old bro kind of advice to just no carbs after six that type of thing um because basically like some of the conclusions in there were look in general it's probably a better idea to eat more of the calories early on in the day um, it's probably not very wise from a health perspective to eat most of your calories in the evening and you don't want to be having um, big high carb high fat meals um, in the the dark period essentially there were some of the the kind of main conclusions that would prompt this question of so should I not eat uh, at night and this is where you, you do need to kind of bring in a number of, of different considerations into the picture okay one of the things that's really key here is that a lot of my clients, they train in the evening, okay? So they train maybe, you know, 7 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So they could be having their, their post-workout meal um, at, you know, 8, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. You know, I remember last year, um, m- most of my jiu-jitsu sessions would have been in the evening, some of which mightn't, fi- mightn't have finished until maybe 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at times, depending on what. Actually, I remember I used to do jiu-jitsu, and that was, that was cool. I know, that was um, a But then the corona destroyed our lives yeah it's an absolute nightmare um but yeah basically like if you play any sport you know ga is the same some trainings can be 7 p.m 8 p.m so basically in those contexts of us kind of active healthy trainees it is a slightly different consideration and and one would be encouraged to kind of generally still follow basic sports nutrition principles because basically we don't have uh like we don't have research on athletic populations as it relates to this question and what you have to realize is that the vast majority of people um are going to be not really active in the evening they're not going to be active at all they're going to be sitting down and if you're consuming the vast majority of your calories then where you've basically already got your baseline physiology making you less metabolic metabolically capable to handle all of that and you've got the fact that you're sedentary um, and you've got the fact that it's a big meal in general, a really carbohydrate and fat-dense meal. All of those things kind of come together to make for an adverse metabolic response to those meals. However, when you're talking about exercise, what you have to realize is that your insulin sensitivity or your blood glucose uptake, your ability to regulate uh, the nutrients that you're taking up, that's far superior in the context of exercise so if you're someone that's engaging in resistance training or ga or jiu-jitsu or whatever you're now in a different situation to the individuals you know that are going to be inactive in the evening so as a result we'd still say 
go about trying to satisfy basic sports sports nutrition principles you know so uh you you want to have you know protein before and after your workouts for sure you want to have carbohydrates before your workouts for sure um and then after your workouts you probably want to get some carbohydrates in as well in that meal um especially if it's the case that the next day you know you have another training session especially if you your training session in the morning and um, you might want to get those carbohydrates in a little bit sooner so you're still going to want to satisfy those things but you know what you mightn't do is say i'm going to save all my calories for the evening time after my workout especially if you're going to be going to bed very soon after so that's kind of the first caveat would you agree with that patty 100 and this is one of the things about like chrononutrition like you can really really and i mean really start diving in deep to this and being like oh my god everything has to be completely chrono matched you know um but it's it's unrealistic at yeah. actual lifestyle you lead and the actual individual that you are because you can get really far down the rabbit hole and be like oh you know what uh i actually have to take into account the the chrono uh nutrition of milk you know was this cow milked in the morning when cortisol was maybe a little bit higher you know cortisol maybe could be translated through the the, the milking process and you know all of a sudden this milk that i'm drinking it's a chrono matched to a morning milk intake and i'm drinking it in the evening and all of a sudden you know oh no my chronotype everything i'm this is i've ruined my entire life by having morning milked cows milk in the evening you know and that, that's a bit more of a concern if you are, you know, breastfeeding. Just I bring that up because this is the kind of stuff again that I, that I research. Um, but if you are breastfeeding and you express milk in the morning, that is actually chrono matched for the the morning. Like it has higher levels of cortisol and you know wakefulness hormones. So if you are expressing milk and you are then going to be feeding that baby that milk that night, that can actually lead that baby to being more wakeful when you want that baby to be more sleepful and you know get a good night's sleep. Just as an aside however that's also a nice little trick that you can play on your significant other if you're like oh you know what he actually hasn't been you know pulling his weight and i'm actually on a two-day trip and i've just been you know expressing some milk so that i can store it i'm going to mark the the milk that he has to give him in the evening as milk that i've expressed in the morning so that baby's going to be awake all night right but anyway that's just a complete aside and you can really start diving down the rabbit hole with this stuff but going back to the actual question at hand you can genuinely go down the rabbit hole with this and then actually lose all sense of context to your actual life and reality you know and ultimately like we're going to go gary's going to touch on something else again there in a second but ultimately you just need to look at this and be like right with this chrono nutrition stuff it is in its infancy the current research seems to suggest that you know we shouldn't have the majority of our calories before bed you know um, maybe you could say in the future there's different chronotypes and maybe that'll affect it, people differently. But currently right now, it's like just don't have the majority of your calories in the last few hours leading up to bed. However, you put your calories straight the rest of the day, you know, there probably are differences, but ultimately it's not a huge consideration. So all you really have to go is like, am I portioning the majority of my calories before bed? We'll say the four hours, just arbitrary cut off of four hours before bed. No, then you're pretty good. Yeah, and ultimately, like you're always dealing with a significant kind of uncertainty when you're talking about like making very specific decisions with your nutrition because some of these things are measurable for the individual. You know, one for example, one of the things that that can happen that's like very readily identifiable is if you have a big meal before bed. Sometimes you might find that 
you sleep really poorly you know your your significant other tells you that you're sweating all night you know you were kind of your your breathing maybe wasn't as good and you woke up a couple of times during the night you felt pretty shitty the next morning when you woke up so if you're having symptoms or experiences that tell you that every time i eat a big meal before bed i don't feel fantastic maybe that's something to take into consideration similarly if you're taking this stuff like hardcore and you're saying right i'm in a calorie deficit already but now what i'm going to do is i'm going to stop eating at 5 p.m and you're now going to bed starving and you can barely sleep because of that you wake up in the night because of that that's also not beneficial so like what i always say to people is like yeah when you make these decisions take feedback from the real, real world like what's what are you actually experiencing but the other thing about that is that they're like they're the things you can experience that you can identify but there's always going to be uncertainty here and when, I, when we say uncertainty you know you're not you're not able to feel the change in plasma free fatty acids or triglycerides you know after a meal like you can't feel that stuff but you're not well you know i can but others you know they haven't attuned to that you know they're not as quite as astute as you know i'm very self-aware and mindful you know i've trained it well, same, same thing. <laughs> um but yes yeah, so, so, so there are always these these background you know physiological processes that you can't just feel and that you're not necessarily going to know are happening so sometimes when making nutrition decisions like when we say to you um it's probably wise to try and make uh, or have more calories more calories early on in the day like that's based on that's based on research that's that's measuring you know these different things in blood samples and stuff like that and we're saying okay down down the line that is like that could be associated with certain disease processes there's always uncertainty that's going to be there and for you like it mightn't have an effect but for you it might have an effect so ultimately you have to you know take this into your own mind and say right how how much how much effort and micromanagement am i willing to put into my nutrition um from a risk mitigation perspective you know and for some people they might say look in my culture we eat at 8 p.m and you know we get into it you know we get stuck in and i don't think that i'm willing to accept the trade-off um of changing that and that's fine that's ultimately you know up to you it's your decision uh, but there, there, there is at least some case for us saying that, right, having most of your calories in the evening probably isn't a wise idea, especially if you are sedentary and you're, you know, you're not exercising during that time period. And, you know, even in, even in the context of someone who exercises early on in the day, you would hope that it's, it's somewhat auto-regulated that you would have had all your or most of your energy intake early in the day anyway, because that's going to be supporting performance. So yeah basically it probably is wisest to have most of it uh, early on in the day if you are having a meal in the evening you could potentially just put certain things in place to say that oh it's a slightly higher protein and lower calorie meal i'm not making it super dense in carbohydrates and fats um or at least you're doing that most of the time yeah it's pretty straightforward again just don't have the majority of your calories before bed you know you can still have calories before bed that's not an issue. And one of the things you will see people go like, oh, well, like you look at all these like warrior diet and like the these people's, you know, um, these hunter gatherers, they always have their feast at the end of the night and everything. And it's like, yeah, cool. They're also eating that at like seven. They're, like stop using that to justify this huge binge on cereal and Twinkies that you're having at 11 or 12. Like this, it's not the same thing. They're literally eating like real whole food that they caught that day, you know, and they spent three, four hours preparing it and you know cooking it up and everything and they're eating it in a social environment 
and you're like, yeah, man, I actually really love saving all my calories uh, for the end of the day. And I basically have 300 grams of carbohydrates before bed. I'm like, it's, not, it's just not the same thing, you know? But anyway, just, just don't do stuff like that. You can still have some food before bed. Again, especially in the context of if you're training, it's a, it's a good idea. Again, if you are someone that's like, oh, I get a little bit of a craving uh, before bed, that's perfectly fine. Have a little something. Just, again, don't leave the vast majority of your calories before bed. Portion it out throughout the day in a way that it makes sense that's contextualized for your situation. Again, maybe you're willing to take the trade-offs with health and you're like, yeah, actually, some more of my calories at the end of the day, that's what I need because I train fasted first thing in the morning and I notice if I don't do that, I just don't feel as good with my training and that's a trade-off you're willing to take, you know? Um, but again, it's all about just managing those trade-offs. Yep, 100%. And it's also important not to not to think of, like it's always think of these decisions with their uncertainty and with it on a spectrum because if you start to think of this purely in sort of some sort of like a, a good, bad dichotomy between early versus late eating, you're going to miss the bigger picture because what I've seen some people do as kind of a backlash to people who have been saying, you know, eat more of your food early on in the day is they'll say, look, I lost a hundred pounds by intermittent fasting until the end of the day and eating all my calories then. But what, what, what we're not saying or what nobody from the Corona nutrition sphere would be saying is that you cannot improve your health while eating most of your calories in the evening. You can, you can still improve, but it depends on exactly a, where you are on that spectrum, you know? So if you're someone that is at the position where, you know, you're 400 pounds, you've never looked after your diet, of course, eating all your calories in the evening, if you reduce those calories and you're in a deficit, you're going to make massive leaps forward in your health. So that's also something that is worth keeping in mind is that if for whatever reason, like I've had this with clients where the only way they can actually adhere to the process or the way they find that they can adhere to the process is that they eat most of their calories at dinner, then, you know, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm not going to tell you like not to do what works for you because ultimately I view the risk of gradual weight gain and, and increasing body fatness and the development of obesity as being far more of a concern from my perspective than, you know, whether you have 200 calories extra in the morning or evening, you know, all, th all things held equal. So do keep that in mind too. 100%. So to answer the question, yes, you can still eat before bed. You're not going to die. Your liver is not going to explode fatty acids are not just going to accumulate in your bloodstream and your eyeballs um you're all good just eat like a normal human keep this stuff in mind and you'll be good to go yeah and just one final thing is that when we're talking about nutrition and as adverse effects on like the development of disease or whatever you're always talking about a cumulative dose cumulative exposure over time it's a long-term thing so if you're going you know if you're going out tomorrow night and you're going for a meal, and you're going for food at 9 p.m., don't just say to yourself, oh, actually, I'm not going to eat because Corona nutrition. Like, that's just that's just silly. You know, these one-off one inches or even like once per week, like these are not the things that really move the needle on your health. It's what you're doing on average over time. It's that cumulative exposure. So do always keep that in mind because what I'm always mindful when discussing this stuff or discussing anything that significantly changes or puts additional restraints on how someone eats is how this could feed into people who do maybe have not, not necessarily an eating disorder, but some disordered eating behaviors, you know? So people who are already real restrictive on themselves, do I want to tell someone that's listening that, oh, now you also can't eat in the evening? Like, probably not, you know? So you do have to keep that cumulative exposure in mind all the time and don't allow these very, these, these kind of uncertain long-term things to affect your ability to go out, you know, 
once a week or once every two weeks for a meal, you know? 100%. Now, Gary, where can people sign up for more information, follow us, do all of that good stuff? Yeah, so if, like, one of the, th the things that we would like you to do at the moment is basically to pre-register your interest for the Coach's Corner. That's effectively going to be a membership site primarily targeted at personal trainers and interested trainees. So, like, by definition of listening to this podcast, if you listen to it regularly, I'd probably classify you as an interested trainee. You know, if you spend hours of your of your week, of your months listening to fitness podcasts, then you're probably an interested trainee. So basically what, what we're going to be doing on the Coach's Corner is taking, you know, deeper dives into how we actually apply all the stuff we discuss. So whether that be taking you through a training program, providing you with training templates, uh, taking you through the different steps in your nutrition plan. You know, what do you do when you meet different uh, fat loss barriers, um, things like how to improve sleep. But all of that basically layered on top of more, like kind of more, more in-depth or clear or walked through education that we'll also be providing. So if you're sick of kind of trying to read articles or just listen to podcasts and you want more, you know, visual stuff in the form of uh, actual kind of lectures that we'll be developing, that's basically where we're going to be providing that type of education. So if you're interested in, in what we do, I think you'd probably be interested and you can sign up, not sign up, but pre-register your interest for free below. You'll just go on a waiting list and you'll receive a significant discount prior to the actual launch. And there's no commitment involved in actually, in actually pre-registering your interest there. 100%. I have nothing else to say, Gary, except let's get out and enjoy the sun. Yep. Sun time. It's too easy. Enjoy.